0: everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Zalika podcast. Today, I have James with me. James is the co-founder of Zangle. And today we are going to talk to him more about Zangle and crypto disclosures and some more interesting things. Um, So James, uh, thanks for coming on our podcast. And uh, it would be great if you can, you know, share some background about you and how you started with Zangle, you know, know, to just set things off so that the audience gets some more, um, you know, background.
1: uh, Well, thanks for having me here for uh, the first time and good to meet everyone. Uh, So uh, I'm James Kim, as introduced to one of the co-founders of who is uh, which is the global disclosure platform for crypto assets. Uh, Before I started this business, I used to work as a managing director of a venture capital for one of the largest uh, tech company family office in Korea. And there I was when it comes to I did a lot of startup and investments there, but um, when it comes to blockchain, I was involved in acquiring exchanges in 2017 and early 2018. So my major deals I experienced was uh, acquiring Corbit, uh, which is Korea's first crypto exchange. And also the subsidiary of the other company that I stayed uh, also acquired Bitstamp in Europe. So that will, those were the deals. And I also managed the crypto fund uh, up to a uh, scalable size. And uh, that's when I felt uh, I needed some more information in order to make investments as an institutional level uh, investor. So, but uh, however, I saw a lot of interesting services and platform um, who were saying they were are building Bloomberg and everything. But I thought the major trusts was what was missing and that trust was missing because of the lack of information, uh, which gave a lot of thoughts and made a lot of projects suffer, uh, from wrong informations. And a lot of investors didn't, were not able to have confidence, uh, and keep up with how their investment was going. So yeah, that's how I got involved. And yeah, here I am.
0: So Zangle is um, like a from what I can see on the website um, and you know I, I sort of have heard about Zangle uh, mm-hmm. since uh, yeah for the past few months as well, and I hear about mm-hmm. it from some exchange or something as well. So um, mm-hmm. can you give an overview on you know what the product exactly does and you know what's your business model and and what problem basically that you solve? Yes, uh, so.
1: Uh, I will start from the information system of uh, traditional equity in stock markets. So if you just, for a simple comparison, if you look into US equity markets, there are private uh, companies and they prepare, as they grow, they prepare IPO and they go public in public exchanges. Private investors invest through venture capitals or angel investors and to the company in private markets. But however, when the company goes public, uh, the company does not know who their investors are. Uh, It's traded in public markets. And at the same time, investors also do not have very intimate relationship with uh, the company they invest into. So that's why when the company goes, trading goes public, Uh, the information also goes public as well, and that is Edgar, uh, which is run by SEC in the U.S. equity market. Similarly, all these services exist uh, in Korea, there's a system called Dart, and Japan, EDINET, Europe, ESMA, and all these similar disclosure platforms exist in different uh, respective markets on their own. So that was what I thought was missing in the market. So if you look at crypto assets, you don't need government approval to be listed in exchanges. However, the trading goes from private to public as they get listed. However, uh, public investors usually do not have direct contact to the project teams, and they don't know what's happening after they make investments. So they usually, don't know what's happening uh, and they lose confidence and they uh, usually end up losing their money or suffer in uncertainty because of that. And that's why we think these kind of information asymmetry creates a right downward graft for a lot of projects. So that's why, I mean, it's a public disclosure platform. So all the project teams who are willing to disclose their information based on our system, we provide the system for free. And they would be able to create uh, their project's own profile page, curate it, and also keep up with the updates with our disclosure uh, service that we provide. We usually go through a validation of the project's information. So we just make sure whatever information on our platform is certified and validated by our research analysts. So that's uh, what we're doing for the project teams. And as for now, uh, when the disclosures are shown on our website, on our platform, those are distributed to multiple exchanges through API in a service as ticker. So in Korea, Uh, Bitsum, uh Gopax, and many other exchanges use ticker. So in the trading page or main website, you'll be able to see major updates of token information displayed for retail investors directly. Um, So not just the price charts, but also major updates and information of the projects are shown to retail investors to keep them interested and have them updated. Similarly, we are working similar progresses in Japan, and I think we will have progress pretty soon. And also we have other partners in India as well. So, so Unicoin is also using our ticker system to provide more transparency for the investors who are trading through their platform. And uh, we also, because we have a lot of information in our platform, we also do auditing for the project teams. And we provide very neutral and objective uh, ratings as well for with re- retailers to use and also for uh, exchange listing teams or re- research teams to use it as a reference when they're making their final calls. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, users like see these updates, like say, for example, if if a project <clears throat> sends you some update on your analyst um, and your team verifies that okay this update is is true mm-hmm. and then uh, you share that with your partners which are mostly exchanges mm-hmm. and the users uh, see that update through the exchange uh, itself exactly so uh, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Th- 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 those are the most frequently
1: viewed channel but it's also th- of course shown on our app and on our website and also distributed to multiple telegram um, chats and communities who are willing to pass over the information, uh to their leaders.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so uh, you're basically, uh, you also have a credibility system, right? Like that I saw on the website where you uh, give a credibility rating to uh, projects. So how does that mm-hmm. work? And uh, yeah, can you, you know, share some example as well that, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be beneficial?
1: Yeah. So uh, first we started uh, this because uh, there was demand from three sides of uh, the market. First, our um, retail investors. Um, even if you look into traditional stock market, when retailers invest into a specific uh, company, most of them do not understand financial statements. They don't read all the details of the company. So they need a comprehensive, but very centralized uh, analysis for them to understand. So that's why we started providing very simplified form grades of projects for people to be, to understand what they're investing into, what are the ups and downs, what are the risks and strengths of the projects. So, Uh, But our approach was uh, because these early token projects, uh, we view them as early tech project teams and tech startups in a way. So we took a venture capital approach into it. So we look at their team, whether they have the capability to carry out what they wrote in their white paper. We look into their team structure. uh, We look into their business models and major uh, business progress as well if they were meet if They were able to achieve their milestones they promised, and also looking into their legal statements and other smart contract auditing results in order to create a 360 integrated overview of the project teams, and we give some ideas into it. So that's how we started, but it was used. Uh, the other two pillars was project teams who were doing very good. We're not able to really send out the message who were even confident in their progress, because if they say they're doing good, most of the investors say, that's what you say. So we took an objective approach of assessing into the progress. The third is, uh, even big exchanges have who have their listing teams and research teams um, didn't have capabilities to take, review so many projects at the same time. So that's why we are assisting the listing teams of our partner exchanges, which are we are coped with around 60 global exchanges at this point, and providing them a reference document of our auditing critical report, for them to start reviewing the ones after they're confident about
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I think uh, what you're doing is super interesting. And uh, you know, this, these are uh, like, we need projects like Zangle to, I guess, get more institutional adoption as well in crypto, which which is coming mm. this year. But um, in general, like if uh, you were comparing things with a disclosure uh, in the equity mm. markets, how are like things different in crypto uh, if you compare it to those, uh, to equity markets and what are the challenges uh, in, in crypto, uh, you know, in terms of projects? Um, I think there, there's definitely a lot of uh. Like crypto goes through a lot of hype cycles, and I guess there are a uh, lot of, you could say, low quality projects as well that come up, especially during bull runs, and uh, they 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 are quite they are more focused on marketing and uh, and stuff. So yeah, so how do you deal with those sort of projects and in general as well? Uh, what are the challenges of um, working in uh, crypto? Display? Yeah, so
1: uh, I think the largest difference with traditional um, equity market is. Traditional equity market is, uh, is a specific country based and it's regulated by the legal system. So it's enforced to disclose the information for most of the com- companies. And if they don't, uh, they get their penalties. But if you look into the international market, let's say even if there's a criminal in a specific country, but flees to another country, another country does not have any enforcement to send that person back to the country. So so what I'm saying is international level, legal enforcement based on a specific country does not work. So but crypto asset is global from the beginning. You, you don't issue it within a specific country boundary, which means the regulation, if, if there needs to be a regulation, you expect to work. It has to be. It has to come from a global level, which never get approached. Like you know, S&P is a company. They do ratings for uh, companies. And let's say a specific company in Korea, uh, who got, who were trying to get rated from S&P. They don't have to send uh, submit financial statements. However, they do it because if they don't, they will get bad grades because of the transparency issue. And then they will that will increase uh, their financial costs and also lose a lot of faith from the market. So they do it. So I think these kind of market mechanisms is what controls the international finance market. So we took a similar approach in crypto as well. So if a project submit information to us, which they don't have to, but we give them benefits by distributing to most of the exchange channels and community channels we have all for free. But we have standards. We, we tell them we will review and validate and ask for specific proofs for the information they submit if they want to be distributed that far. So interestingly, most of the good projects feel confident in sharing information. They even are willing, more than willing, to share more information to us. However, for most of the Some shady projects um, try to stay away. And um, in the Asia market, at least, there has been some movements coming coming from the community that relies on the projects disclosure that are disclosed through our platform. And also there are exchanges who are working directly with us, delivering the message and trying to to align the market. Like you said, in this market, there's still a lot of hypes that drives market. And even if there's good progress from the project teams, it sometimes does not really relate to the price movements. However, uh, what I can assure you is that has changed a lot uh, during the last two years, at least in Korea. And a lot of people are relying on information and with good disclosures, the market movements are headed that way as well. So I'm not saying we have completed our journey with the mission that we're trying to achieve, but we have shown some progress and we will continue to strive that way in order to make the market a more trustworthy market and um, data-driven and uh, fact-delive market.
0: Mm -hmm. gotcha and also uh like when say you are evaluating projects like what sort of framework uh do you you know use like uh for example in uh, for a company like you can look at uh say revenue and you know how the growth has been uh and you know the profits and losses and and stuff like for evaluating like crypto projects um what are the things that you look at you mentioned that team um maybe investors might be a good metric, uh users or um maybe funding and so on. Are, are, yeah, what, what metrics do you look at when evaluating crypto projects? Yeah.
1: So uh yeah as I briefly mentioned before so we we looked at we, we took crypto project teams as an early tech startups. So in that few points if you're assessing a startup, an early phase project, even in normal companies with normal other services, you don't look into financial statements. If you're going through a Series A or Series Seed um, round or pre-series, so which are young companies, so in the similar way to a 360 deal. Uh, when venture capitalists looks into early projects who are at the stage of generating very small revenue or even before revenue generating stage, you look into their teams. You look into their capability of the founders. You look into their technical capability. You look into their business model. You look into the major proof and size of the community and also check their legal statements, due diligence in order to assure the team is okay from any accusations. But because it's a crypto assets and it has, it is different from other startups, We also look into on-chain information as well. So we look at the token distribution, we look at the lockup conditions, and we look if the tokens are safe enough to be invested and see how much uh, risk uh, it is exposed to specific investors dumping or not. So in in those ways uh, we took a 360 view and different from we don't do valuation of the company, so we evaluate the company. So we took certain grades to show if it's a project that is rather strong or it's a project you should keep very keen um, review on. And we, in that case, we tell them which topics are somewhat fragile for you to make decisions based on full understanding.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Um also i saw that you have uh, zangle indices right mm-hmm. uh indexes or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry yeah uh, and uh, yeah uh, so can you talk about that because i, I thought it was very really interesting i i didn't so there out in d we have this uh, uh, dpi for example which is a DeFi pulse index uh, mm-hmm. i thought but uh, you guys did it uh, quite early um, mm-hmm. so can you talk about that and like what who is the target customer yeah.
1: Uh it's, it's targeting both retail and institutional investors, but in just in somewhat different levels. So, uh, you know, in the traditional finance market, again, um, you have indexes, uh, indices in order for people to reference as a benchmark in order to understand the overall markets, uh, atmosphere. So. Um, DeFi Pulse, I think it's a very good benchmark for people to understand DeFi tokens in specific uh, parts, but we provide analysis on different indices and categorize them for people to understand uh, their different investments. So, but um, that's, um, so let's say people want to invest in payment related DeFi tokens. People want to invest in insurance related DeFi tokens. It's rather hard for people to find out which token is which and which tokens to trust. So, we go through the analysis of tokens and we categorize them, we weight them in order to make an index out of it. So, people would be able to make very simple choices based on their preference uh, while they won't have to look deeper into every single token. So, it's a very similar or uh, ETF before before stage type of a way to give benchmark of different ideas of investments, making it easier for people to invest into. And uh, similarly, there's a lot of movements in in Asia as well. A lot of financial institutions are looking into this because they're trying to provide crypto services to retail as well. And uh, we have been issuing some research reports with asset management and working with um brokerage companies, and uh, they are willing to use these kind of indices to share uh, the information to their retail investors who do not have a high standing understanding of the market yet.
0: So one can buy that, uh, buy these ind- indices as well, or are they just... Uh... Uh, It's
1: coming very soon. So we are uh, working in a DeFi, uh, another DeFi player in order to make a synthetic assets token out of it. So we have currently two index that we provide at this point. uh, uh, Blue chip index and also uh, our credibility rated index. It has been showing a lot of high performance uh, during the back testing we have compared to just normal rating indexes, indexes. So I think that would be able to launch in those synthetic asset exchanges um, within a month. So we'll be able to, to provide some ways for people to easily uh, do some macro investments into the crypto market, according to their preferences as well.
0: Interesting, interesting um also your uh like many of your partners are in korea right mm-hmm. and uh like i think you are also based in korea so um many of our audience is actually in not in korea so they but they are quite interested uh to know like uh what's happening with korea and in general like when you look at the korean crypto market mm-hmm. how do you think it's different uh from the gener- from the other crypto market, or is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are obviously similarities and differences, but uh, how how do you think it's different um, from, say, uh, Europe or US? Hmm.
1: Well, just um, uh, just highlight the major characteristics of uh, so-called Korean retail investors. Uh, I think that's the key to understand key point on trying to understand the market is. Um, Korean retail investors are very aggressive in investments, and they're really taking high risks as well. So, just comparing uh, the Korean equity derivatives market, uh, back in two thousand eleven and twelve, before the regulators you know, killed the market, the equity derivatives of futures and option trading volume was global number number one. Uh, comparing the market size, you know, it's ridiculous how volatile the market was. And I think that comes from the, the retail investors backing up the institutional investors because that's making a lot of liquidity in the market. So similarly, uh, I think a lot of um, people around the world remember in 2017 when Bitcoin price was like skyrocketing back then, uh, People there was a word called kimchi premium as well. So, um, you know, kimchi is our was over national food and uh, it spiked up to almost 48 to 50%, which means if you buy Bitcoin in Korean won back then, it was 50% more expensive than any place around the world, global average price, which means there was super high demand rushing in from uh, retailers uh, giving a huge arbitrage opportunity for the uh, foreign market. So that shows how fast the market moves and Other than that, I think Korea is one of the most open market to altcoins as well, very highly traded and listed. So, exchanges are still listing a lot of high portion of risky assets, but experimental assets as well, and people are willing to try it out as well. So, in that case, I think Korea is also a very superb test bed in order to test out which assets are good or not, because we tend to invest very fast and move in pretty fast. people are very high understanding in tech uh, and interested in tech as well. So I think that gives a lot of environments as well. But in even in the regulation scene, uh, I wouldn't say Korea is moving fast. Uh, it's usually lagging behind other uh, progressive countries who are actively engaging crypto in regulation. But uh, March 25th, uh, there will be some more guidelines Uh, which comes to effect regarding the AML and KYC issue, and that will bring the crypto into the sunlight within the regulated market. So I think Korea will take steps in order to move on with more legitimate uh, ways to invest in crypto. And similarly, a large banks have also announced they will be launching crypto-related services. So I think the expansion of outreach to within the Korea market, uh, we will see a lot of movements within this year.
0: Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for telling us about Korea. Um, also, uh, this year has been, you know, this year and in like you can say past few months uh, is has been about DeFi and a lot of uh, projects launching and, you know, DeFi hitting uh, DeFi coins uh, going through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in general, in terms of disclosure, do you like uh, track coins that are maybe not listed on centralized exchanges? On, uh, like, do you do disclosures and, uh, yeah, for say a coin that is just listed on decentralized exchanges? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so yeah, uh, uh, so we have our we add a lot of uh, project profile based on an analysis in um, DEXs as well. So, you know, there's tons of new projects being generated and traded in uh, multiple DEXs but we keep track of the volumes being traded. So if there's a meaningful volume coming up from your new DeFi token indexes, we look into it and create a profile page and have it curated for most of the other investors to get to know more about the projects. And we also carry out basic due diligence as well. And we also keep track of um, those tokens when they go to centralized exchanges as well, because that usually creates a boom and more market expansion for the DeFi tokens. So, uh, yes, we look into what tokens are being uh, gaining popularity in Texas. And also, we also keep track of the movements from Texas to CEXs as well.
0: Gotcha, gotcha um and have you seen like um in terms of you were talking about the market has changed a lot uh, from you know 2017 um and 18 i agree um but in terms of like specifically for defi projects um like what uh how, how are, are the uh, criteria same for measuring those projects and also uh, what changes have you seen in the market uh, that you know are major changes that you have seen in the past 2 3 years that you are, that, that are quite positive for crypto?
1: Uh, so um, there has been a lot of changes in 2000, from overall from 2017 uh, and now. And that is, uh, well, in 2017, all people cared about, just wanted a new project. They didn't care if it was scanning or not, they just wanted to know who invested in it. And it, that was pretty everything. And uh, But now, uh, during the past few, few years, people started to care and pay attention to the fact itself. They're caring if that's a, where it came from, and they also try to validate. And a lot of retailers, in a decentralized way, are validating the information outside our platform as well. So projects uh, started to care much more to actually make some more progress. And even when we see a lot of scams, we also recently published a scam reports uh, as well um, in our research But even the scammy re- uh, projects who really didn't care anything about it back then, only cared about marketing and all these hypes, they started to at least care about marketing, at least trying to pretend they are doing good. They didn't even do that during the past few years. So, uh, I still think there's a long way to go, of course, but um, projects are changing and they're trying caring more about the adoption. because usually when if you had a good plan that was it. but well, people now started to care, no matter how good the plan was, if nobody was using it and then nobody would buy the token, there would be no demand in token, then the price would go down. So people started to ask teams not only about the prices, what they're doing and what kind of progress they have in making business so i think it's heading towards the right way and um even the more the, the better the project is they care more about the adoptions. so these proof making tokens are something that's coming up as well and we also see some uh, reverse ico cases coming from previous so so trusted comp- companies not super big ones but trusted companies with grant value are issuing tokens in order to try out something within their new uh, environment and platform and i think that's something that at least would outperform the existing tokens because they have some kind of uh, ecosystem to apply the token system and uh, actually those are showing some proofs
0: as well that's that's super cool um yeah i guess we did cover quite a lot james and uh, thanks for taking the time out uh, for for the podcast and i wish you the best <laughs> Uh, for for your roadmap and hopefully we Uh, can add up soon again sometime. Yeah, all right. Great, thank you. Thank you.